That's Liquid Gold, where we do shots. Shots? Would anyone like a shot? All right, the summer of shots rolls on here on Liquid Gold, right here on the We Own This Town podcast network and at weownthistown.net. Check us out on the new website, liquidgold.show. Go back and check out all the archives. It's good for us to go back and check the archives sometimes because you realize there are some huge cocktails, big ones, that we haven't done. Today, it's a big one, and I think after this, this might be the last of the, the cocktail titans or something like that. This is the Kuiperinha. And I'll work on my pronunciation of that as the episode goes along. This is a beautiful three-ingredient cocktail. And there aren't a ton of those that are still popular today, but the Caipirinha is still super popular. And it's actually drank all over here in Nashville. We're going to talk to a bartender, Miss Katie Keck, of Dangly Ones, her jewelry business. And she's also a bartender with us at the bar at Audrey, as well as at Pearl Diver, where she makes a bunch of Caipirinhas. And we're going to talk to her about her time in Brazil and some of the variations that she learned while she was over there, uh, variations on the Caipirinha. But one of the things to know about the Caipirinha is that it's law. It is written into the law. And this is, uh, in Brazilian law, this is decree 6.871 based on normative ruling 55 from October 31st, 2008. Whoa, that kind of makes this a Halloween drink almost, but we don't think of it like that. This is a summer drink, and that is why we are featuring it on the Summer of Shots here, where we just want to give you maybe a drink idea heading into the weekend, tell you about some of these cocktails that have stood the test of time. We've been in South America lately talking to Sebastian Gomez from Tracal. That was a lot of fun, so go back and check out that episode if you haven't listened to that yet. We're still here in South America. We're talking Brazil. We're talking Cachaça. We're talking Caipirinha. And I think we will be heading back to Cuba for some uh, some more Cuban cocktails before this uh, Summer of Shots 2022 is up. We'll be getting our cocktail correspondent, Jess Backus, back with us to talk about a few um, just gems of Cuban cocktail culture. Cuban cocktail history. Okay, now I mentioned how the Caipirinha is written into law there in Brazil. There are some uh, some rules in place about what what a Caipirinha is and how you can do a, a variation because they say for for any variation on a Caipirinha, you have to specify that fruit in front of the word Caipirinha. And as we'll talk about with Katie, you also have to specify if you want lime. If you're in Brazil and you're ordering, oh yeah, I'll take a, a Caipirinha with strawberry. You have to specify that you want lime in that drink. So what makes up the traditional Caipirinha? Three ingredients. Limes, sugar, and we'll get into the details of the sugar and the lime a little bit later, but it's limes, sugar, and cachaça, along with probably crushed ice. And there you have it. Really simple, amazing summer drink. It's liquid air conditioning. They serve it on the beach all over uh, Rio and all over Brazil. Getting into a little bit of history here. This is one of those drinks that I think is fascinating because it wasn't like, oh, it was made at a hotel in Rio in the 40s. That would be so many different cocktail origin stories. But this one comes from the countryside. And the name Caipirinha is uh, the diminutive of Caipira, which basically just means um, little peasant girl or girl from the countryside. This was named after uh, people working out in the fields that needed some refreshment at the end of the day. There was plenty of sugar cane around 
So what are they going to do? Ferment it, distill it, drink it, maybe add some limes, add a little sugar, and a classic is born. One thing that's cool for, for anyone who wants to experiment, even though you might be breaking Brazilian law in the process, you'll, you'll be okay experimenting over here in the States um, with making what is essentially like the original Caipirinha, which was more medicinal. There are all these stories of it just being uh, cachaça, lime, garlic, and honey. Now that sounds like a modern, weird, maybe not as delicious as you might think, uh, drink. Maybe if you used roasted garlic, um, that could be a good, a good variation, but this was essentially like a health cocktail. Cause if you are, if you're, if you're feeling sick or you're, you're having the night sweats or you are maybe going through, um, June gloom, July gloom, August gloom, any summer gloom, that's a cocktail that'll really, uh, awaken the senses and, uh, shake you from whatever malaise you might be, uh, experiencing. So that's what it was originally was just this like medicinal cocktail that was for health. And then, you know, at the end of a few long days, they were like, I don't know, can we just do the sugar and the lime and cachaça and call it a day? And, uh, that's what lived on is that version, the ultimate three ingredient cocktail. All right, let's get into a recipe here. Um, there's a few different recipes that you see as the standard. Now, the International Bartenders Association version that they prefer in Brazil and that the uh, Cachaça distilleries refer to as well, you have half of a lime that is quartered and you want those peel side up. So you want the, the rind, all those oils on the outside. You want those facing you because that's where you want to be pressing the oil out. Um, but you're going to add two teaspoons of sugar on top of those limes to start this process. And as we get into with, with uh, Ms. Keck a little bit later, the sugar is important. So you could get caster sugar is, is really key for this drink. Caster sugar is just smaller granules. But you could also, if you don't have caster sugar around or you're looking at the grocery store, where's the caster sugar? Super fine sugar. Um, you can just take sugar and blend it in your blender to uh, kind of chop it up and uh, have it dissolve a little bit easier. So that's one method you can do for the sugar. It might be really good to try like an organic sugar, the tan sugar. And if the granule is a little bit too big, throw it in the blender and it will dissolve much easier. So two teaspoons. There's also other recipes floating out there, two tablespoons. That would be kind of a lot of sugar. So it depends on how much ice you're going to use, how much cachaça. Two ounces is pretty standard. But that's a super easy recipe. We're talking half a lime, quartered, two teaspoons to two tablespoons, depending on how sweet you like it. And then your two ounces of cachaça. Bartenders over here in the States are probably like, oh, I'm going to sneak in a little dash of Angostura. Maybe a little pinch of salt. See how that plays with the cachaça. Does it bring out some savory notes? So there's some other little little ingredients you can float in there. Brazilians would prefer you to just keep it at the three ingredients, okay? Sometimes these three-ingredient cocktails should just stay that way. That said, there's all these variations you can do where you're adding one more ingredient with the lime or instead of the lime, as they do in Brazil, so you could do strawberry, passion fruit. If you go up to the, your corner market, Central American grocery store, you might find guava, you might find some pineapple, 
all kinds of different exotic fruits that you can you can make some fun um, summary variations on this drink because you're starting from such a bare bones template. It's a great drink for the summertime. It's a great drink to have people over and make because it's relatively simple. You don't need a ton of ingredients. We know everything costs way more money now. So having a nice bare bones cocktail for your summertime soiree is kind of nice. Let me give you some music rep recommendations because I absolutely love Brazilian music. There was an album that just came out. Uh, this is Estrela Essa from Sessa, the artist, S-E-S-S-A. Uh, -S -S uh, his new album is incredible. Beautiful uh, cover artwork. That would be a good artist to check out, Sessa. Put that on your Kuiperina playlist. Um, also, one of my absolute favorite songwriters, Rodrigo Amarante, a legend in Brazil. He was in the band Los Hermanos, which was a huge, I guess you could compare them to the Strokes here in America, I suppose. Uh, which is somewhat ironic because he went on to form a band with a few members from the Strokes. Or I think it was one member from the Strokes, Little Joy, which is uh, an incredible summer album. So that would be a good, uh, a good artist to add to your Caipirinha playlist. And then you can go back to all the amazing Tropicalia artists, Caetano Veloso, Gilberto Gil, Gal Costa, Os Mutantes, Tom Zay. And then you can go back a little bit further, Luis Bonfa incredible Brazilian guitar player. Uh, so those are some artists. And if you basically, if you look at those artists as branches off of a tree and you deep dive, what other leaves are hanging off those trees, all these other amazing artists, some of whom were so controversial in their day, there in the late sixties, early seventies, that there were musical artists who were assassinated. There were musical artists who were exiled to London, Caetano being one of them. He made the beautiful album Tranza in London in the early 70s, an album that has this kind of sadness to it because he was taken away from his home. So that's some, uh, that's some of my Brazilian music recommendations. Let's turn things over to our talk here. We're going to bring in Miss Katie Keck of Dangly Ones and a just a great Nashville bartender came here from Brooklyn and New York, and we'll hear about uh, what that transition was like for her. We'll talk about some variations and have some fun. All right, here she is. All right, now we are joined on the line by one of my colleagues and favorite bartenders here in Nashville. Uh, she came to us from Brooklyn, New York, via Idaho, via Iowa, via Brazil. So we're going to talk about uh, her time in Brazil. She runs the uh, the jewelry business Dangly Ones, and she bartends over at Pearl Diver and with us at the bar at Audrey. Katie Keck. Katie, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. We got our okay. coffee. It was a um, beautiful, nearly full moon. I don't know if it was full or not, but um, I think we're all, we're we're all feeling the effects of it. Mm -hmm. Tired but energetic. Yeah. Maybe that's the coffee. Yeah, that's pretty perfect. Um, I would also like to say, I have to correct this. Uh, I am not from Iowa. I'm from Ohio. Ohio. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Fair, Idaho, Ohio, and Iowa always get confused. Like even back in Idaho. They had T-shirts that listed all three states and then would cross out the other two and then a heavy circle on the Idaho. That's funny. Crazy. And you see why, because people just like get it confused. 
All right, so you uh, came to Nashville from Brooklyn and New York, and we're working at the Nomad there. Um, so you've worked in some some top flight bars out there. What's the transition been like for you to go from such a big city post pandemic, come to a city that's you know maybe bursting at the seams or was a little bit when you got here? What's the transition been like for you? It's been pretty good, honestly. Like I think we came at the perfect time because the Continental had just opened, and then so I started working there, and then I was working Pearl Diver. And then when Audrey opened, I started working there. So it was kind of like I got really lucky with working at probably the three best bars <laughs> or some. I mean, there's a lot of good bars, but that was like definitely top, top five. Um, I think it's cool to see the transition of from like just bartending to the bartending professionally because it's mm. kind of in Manhattan so it's like really militant um and here it's cool to see people kind of doing that making it a respectful thing you know I I had been visiting Nashville for quite some time for probably the last eight years so it's kind of cool to see that transition but also now be a part of it which I like we both appreciate a three ingredient cocktail this cocktail the Caipirinha is so special because it's three ingredients and you can add like different fruits along the way. Uh, but the folks in Brazil say a caipirinha is only three ingredients there, but you lived in Brazil. So I want to hear, um, what were some of your memories that you've got and anecdotes just from living out there and drinking cachaça? Mm -hmm. <laughs> One of my favorite memories, at least like more specific to caipirinhas. So I was living in Rio and I'd hang out at the beach whenever I wasn't teaching. And these guys in these tents and just fold-out tables would just be cranking out Caipirinhas. They would have, like, five-gallon buckets full of cut limes. And then you would order them, and then there would be another guy coming with a handheld uh, grill. Whoa. And he'd grill, like, hard cheese, almost like halloumi, mm -hmm. and then put spices on it. So you're literally sitting on the beach, drinking caipirinhas, and then eating keju, eating cheese. Wow. And it was like, it was like, I didn't know heaven was on earth. That's what I was thinking. That sounds like heaven. Yeah. I'll take some cheese and caipirinha while I'm uh, here on the beach. You, and you're, you need to school me on this pronunciation, caipirinha. Um, so the NHA <laughs> is kind of, or NHO, it represents kind of like how we say something cute like puppy kitty mm. anything that has that at the end is kind of like their version of calling something little so it's like a lot of nasal so it's like yeah it's okay but yeah mm. um so i might not be saying it completely correct but um but yeah when i learned that it's like i think it's like a little cowgirl or a little like like i don't know country girl or little something. country girl mm -hmm, that's it yeah yeah which I thought was the cutest thing. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, That's why we had yeah. to call a little country girl from the big oh, city. Yes. <laughs> People can can go back to the old Anthony Bourdain episodes. I think it was a parts unknown thing where there's a beautifully shot scene or a couple scenes that are on the beach there. And I believe it is Rio where he's having that same experience that you're describing. People are going around in these carts and muddling together these limes with sugar 
pouring a bunch of cachaca and crushed ice, and he's living it, and he eats the cheese. So he has that whole experience. So if anyone wants to see that, you can go back. I think it's Parts Unknown, the CNN show. Um, There's a couple in Brazil, and I can't remember if it's the Ministerais one, because they still have some beaches, or if it was Rio, yeah. But it's one of those. So good. Such a good episode. Did you learn anything from the from the technique, from like the, the people who were making these on the beach? Was there anything that you remember that was kind of special? Was it like a big wooden muddler? Was it a certain kind of sugar? Um, talk to me about the details. Yeah, so one of the main details, I actually didn't know before because I had worked at places that knew to use caster sugar, um, always use caster sugar. Um, simple syrup just doesn't do the same thing, but mm-hmm. some people do it that way, and that's still, that's fine, but I'm just telling you, <laughs> Brazilians hate that. Mm. Um, so I also learned that when they cut at the limes, they cut the middle out. So it's completely easy to break down uh-huh. with your muddler, so you don't have to, like, squish as hard, but you get a lot of juice and a lot of the oils. Okay, that's huge. Mm. Yeah. So they're just cutting that like vein, sort of in the middle. Yeah. So they'll still do like the wedges, mm-hmm. and then they'll cut that middle wet, like right in the middle of it. I love that. Now, you know of a couple kind of variations. So they're kind of strict about the variations down there. Like they're like, if you're going to use some strawberries, you must call it a strawberry caipirinha. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're going to use passion fruit, you must indicate passion fruit. Um, but there were some other cocktails that you talked about. Will you tell us a little bit about some of the other cachaca cocktails that you might have had down there? Oh, yeah. I mean, you already said passion fruit, maracuja. Um, that's pretty popular. And typically what they'll do, though, just a, like a pro tip if you're going, um, if it does say like a certain fruit, caipirinha, and you want it to have lime in it too, you still have to specify that. Because mm. otherwise, it's just still going to be the three ingredients. Um, my boyfriend learned that the hard way <laughs> when he ordered, I think it was a passion fruit one, and he wanted lime in it too. Mm. And he was just like, oh my gosh, that is so strong. Which <laughs> <laughs> is like all passion fruit. Mm. Um, but the other one that I love and miss because it's not available in the States is cashew fruit. Mm. which ultimately is just cashew, Mm -hmm. the fruit of the cashew. Um, It kind of looks like a bell pepper, and Mm. it's really spongy and and really soft. It's not the most pleasant texture, but when you muddle it, it almost tastes like an underripe pineapple and like an overripe, like, red pepper. It's so, so interesting and tasty. And I have tried so hard to find cashew fruit juice, and it's just packed full of sugar. There's just, like, nothing like the fresh stuff. Mm. Um, It can't transfer really well because as soon as the farmers pick the plant, that fruit starts to die instantly. Because, like I said, it's really mealy. It's like if it sits out for too long, it will just die. So Mm. it's it's not able to transfer. Um, But... When I go back down and visit and all that, I always get cash juice. <laughs> That's amazing. That's what's special about some things like that. If you can, if it can't be um, imported or exported, um, then it's just it stays down there and stays special. Yeah. But it could give some folks some creative ideas to make a variation at home. What were the two things you said it tasted like? 
pepper? It's kind of like, and I have tried to recreate this at home. Oh, cool. Like an underripe pineapple, so not, not one that's super juicy, but still has that that flavor mm-hmm. of a pineapple, and then like a really ripe red pepper. So I've made a syrup one time, where it was essentially a pina gome, and then did roasted red pepper kind of a syrup with it and it tasted the closest that I can get to something. That's pretty cool. Like that. I could see that being great with katasa. Oh yeah. It's so tasty. I made a cashew like it was like a cashew fruit, cashew crumble, egg white, um, cachaça drink one time for uh nomad just for like a little event. It never made it on the menu, but <laughs> it was so good. Oh, it sounds great. Are you making, uh, I imagine over at Pearl Diver, you're probably making some caipirinhas every once in a while, right? Oh my gosh, every, I mean. Or a lot of them. Makes me so happy. (laughs) I know some bartenders might find it exhausting because of all the muddling, and you really have to get in there. Mm -hmm. Do you really want those oils to appear in the cocktail? Mm -hmm. Um, But we do it right there. We do scoops of castor like five or six limes and then uh we use uh sometimes we use agua um if i'm feeling nostalgic i'll suggest cachaca 51 to people because that's basically their bud light uh like every bar that was kind of like a generic bar down in brazil would have like a 51 sign outside of it kind of like here a dive bar would have like Bud Light or Cork's like old style. <laughs> if, if you're yeah. in Chicago, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that's yeah, that's the bottle that you're plopping down on the table and just crushing with your friends. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. And honestly, like I thought it was people didn't when I was living down there. I didn't think that people drank Caipirinha so much, but they did. But if they weren't celebrating, then it was like large. Um, pints of beers and then you would just buy it and then they give you little glasses and they call them shoppies and you would just pour for your friends and then you just take turns buying a bottle so it was it was super special because i remember just being at a table with 12 people and we were just like sitting there casually drinking lagers and (laughs) splitting it and maybe spending like a dollar 50 each you know all that stuff yeah well, they figured something out about that. We need to emulate yeah. that a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, especially now, you know, um, I think just like reconnecting with people and it just that there's like a sense of, of friendship and companionship that you're just like, I just met these people, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's been a long time since I've done that where I just met somebody and then we just started buying drinks for each other. That's cool. It's like breaking bread, but it's beer. And exactly. Well, you know, yeast. Still got that. Still got that. <laughs> Breaking beer. <laughs> the new way to connect. Break some beer. Oh my gosh, that's the name of your next book. <laughs> Let's all break beer. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> let me write that down real quick. Um, uh, so you've got other creative pursuits here in Nashville and beyond. You've got the Dangly Ones jewelry line, uh, which you can find at danglyones.com. Sure can. And um, you've also got the Instagram at dangly underscore ones. Is that correct? So you've got some, um, I've got my bolo tie on now, which I got (laughs) from the dangly one shop. Well, I wasn't sure. I thought we were doing like a video call, but it wasn't a video call, but I still have the bolo on. Uh, (laughs) But um, 
tell us about some events that you've got coming up and what what all you've got going on in the shop. Okay, awesome. Um, so Dangly Ones, just like a quick synopsis of like what it is. Um, I started it a month after the lockdown. I was living in New York still. So I was in like a 400 square foot apartment. Really got bored after a month because I'm a workaholic. So I started making my friends some jewelry. I had dealt with polymer clay when I was a kid. And so I started sending stuff out to them. My friends who were still employed, working from home, essentially started sending me money. And then a friend that I made in Brazil ended up making me my logo and saying, hey, turn this into a business. And I was like, okay, amazing, <laughs> great. So I didn't feel completely right with taking full money because we had those like stimulus checks and stuff. But I was working closely with some uh, people who were trying to get people out of jail for protesting at the Black Lives Matter movement. And so I started donating to that. So essentially, I wow. love the art. I love doing it. I would like to pursue it to where I'm doing maybe half, like part-time bartending, part-time this kind of thing. But I still donate to various non-for-profits, um, things like that. And I want to start working clo- more closely with some Nashville or at least like Tennessee Southern-based non-for-profits. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's been able, you know, I, I love uh, fundraising and I love uh, volunteering. So it's just a way to do a little bit of both. But as far as events go, uh, I have a, I actually, my biggest one yet, a biggest market, it's called the Southern Flea. It's actually the first of its kind. Um, this company has flea markets all over the states, and I believe this is the last iteration that they're going to do that kind of covers the basis of the states. So they have one on the West Coast, they have one upstate New York, Middle America, and then they have the Southern Flea. This one's going to be September 10th. Uh, 17th and 24th and it's going to be at Urban Cowboy um, it's really cool because they contacted me, they like my stuff um, I was like oh my god is this a scam, they just want <laughs> money from me and then I ended up looking at them and I was like oh gosh this is actually kind of big uh, yes I would love to do it <laughs> amazing, I bought my wife some dangly ones that she loved and um, there's a lot of different designs there's some cool disco designs, there's a lot of creative stuff going on uh, with what you're doing so Super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also have, I started, well, probably a big influence was you, but <laughs> I was picking uh, some wildflowers at the beginning of the season and then pressed them. And then I have them in some of my pieces, which has been really special because it's like, hey, me, like, I'm not from the South, I'm not from Tennessee at all. Uh, I want to, like, put a little bit of Tennessee because it's my home now, so... Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. We'll keep up with everything at uh, danglyones.com and uh, look for more events going on. And um, come see Katie over here at the bar at Audrey and at Pearl Diver as well. Have her make the um, make you the Kuiperina with caster sugar. And I think that we should close just by saying one of the that key detail of the caster sugar would probably be just the smaller granules getting into the oils of the lime, just like a surface area thing. And that probably really, and plus it will dissolve so much better. 
So I feel like that's yeah. really that's really key. So I think that we we got somewhere today. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just it breaks it down the sugar, and you know that way when you're drinking it, you're not getting like you're choking on granulates of sugar. <laughs> right, and you don't want it all sitting at the bottom of the glass either. Uh, yeah, I was like, but if that's what you're into, you know, no shade, no tea, you know. Not right. gonna yuck anybody's yum, but <laughs> <laughs> is that an Idaho saying? <laughs> I actually don't know where I got that. <laughs> That's good stuff. All right. Well, um, we'll let you leave on a high note with that one. <laughs> Friday, Katie, full effect. Gosh, it's already started. <laughs> All right. That's great. All right, Katie. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Mike. All righty. All right. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks to Katie Keck for coming along and talking about Brazil and drinks and. Uh, her jewelry line as well. You know we love jewelry here at Liquid Gold. Walker Jewelry, one of our sponsors, longtime sponsor. Check her out in Old Hickory and at walkerjewelry.com. And we've got some more Summer Shots content coming. As I mentioned, we'll be heading back up to the island of Cuba to talk about some Cuban cocktails. And uh, we're approaching episode 100. So we've got some fun stuff in the works for that one. Want to throw a congratulations out to Liquid Gold alum Alex Birch, wine professional here in Nashville. Is going to be opening a wine bar restaurant here in East Nashville. I think next spring or so. You know how that goes. Could be longer. Um, but Alex, we love you, and we'll be having Alex on to talk about this new venture. Bad idea. And I'm not saying it's a bad idea, Alex. But you're the one that named it that. But it's uh, it's called bad idea. So we're excited for Alex. And um, I want to throw a shout out to all the Liquid Gold crew, my co-host, Mr. Kenneth Dedman, who will be back doing booze news soon, probably next episode. Uh, Miss Jessica Backus will be back with us, our cocktail correspondent. Heading into the fall, we'll have a lot of uh, book content to talk about the book Cheer, the Liquid Gold Holiday Drinking Guide. It's a beast, and it is coming out in November this year. It's been a ton of work to get to this point, so we're excited. Photographer Christine Souter from Denver, did amazing work on this. What do we have? Uh, maybe 100 photos in there or so. Uh, illustrations from Jenna Pearl Leonard. Shout out Jenna. We have Potions Master Brittany Augustine throwing down on a Harry Potter cocktail party. Jess Backus, as always, giving great content. She's got some Thanksgiving wine uh, pairings. We've got Friendsgiving party ideas. We've got Italian grandpa drinks. What are they? How do you make them? Why are they so amazing? We've got fiction stories in the book. 160 recipes. So looking forward to that. As always, thanks to Jess Matchin, our artist in residence for the Liquid Gold logo. Shout out to our producer, Michael Eads, and everybody at We Own This Town. My name's Mike Wolf, and we'll see you next time right here on Liquid Gold. <laughs>